G'day everyone, this is Expand the Phantom Podcast. Our website is chroniclechamber.com and you can subscribe to our podcast via YouTube or through your favourite podcast apps. Do not forget to give us a rating on your podcast app and tell a mate about us. This is episode 271, where we review 2023 in, well, we'll try and keep it to two hours. Uh, we'll go over the tail of the tape, highlighting every comic and merchandise re- released around the world during this past year, and then go over our favourites. We have our regular contributors in Ankit, Christian, uh, Sayuj, Mikhail and Duncan giving their input, plus a new contributor as well, who we welcome on. So, but to go through the, the actual podcast, we have Jermaine and Dan. Jermaine, how was your festive season? Uh, busy. Uh, the last couple of days I've actually had a bit of a break, but before that I've been painting and rearranging the house um, and my boss has been getting me lot, uh, nice and busy already for the work week, which starts next week. So it's a good time to do a podcast. Uh, very good. And Dan, have you dodged the weather up there? Oh, for the most part, um, yeah, I am in Queensland and uh, people who see the news will know that we've had some some uh, rough stuff up here, but uh, we've managed to dodge it. I had a fantastic Christmas and New Year, scored some fantastic uh, Paul Mason prints uh, for Christmas. So thank you to Paul if you're listening for helping out the family in uh, sending you stuff that you knew that I didn't already have. And uh, some <laughs> Phantom adjacent merch as well. I'm drinking from a Skull Cup. I'm not sure how well that's coming up um, on the screen today. But uh, cheers and uh, Happy New Year to, to everyone who's listening. <laughs> thank you very much, Dan. And I know those prints. I've, I've, I've got those Paul Mason prints as well. And they're, they're quality work. Um, so, Dan, I might get you to, to lead us off with the tail of the tape there. Yeah, so it's been a big year for 2023, and, and it's going to take all of us to to go through it at different times. I'm going to start by talking about, I guess, the, the worldwide stuff, and that's the King Features um, syndicated strips that come out of America, of course, but get published worldwide. Uh, we had three daily stories that um, we are working through in 2023. Um, one started in 2022, finished in 2023, and we've still got another one that's only going to, that's, um, so we had one that uh, finished in 2023, started and finished in the year, and uh, another one that's going to finish in about the second week of uh, 2024. So three dailies um, unfolding, which were all part of the Rack and Ruin series that uh, Tony DePaul is taking us through. We also had two two Sunday stories. Uh, one that started in 2022, and uh, the other one that is um, the other one is still ending in 2024. So, uh, no complete Sunday stories within 2023. Both of all five of those stories, I guess, are longer than the ones we saw last year. Uh, the other big publisher that is important to us, I suppose, is as, as Australians, is uh, Fru. Fru had 26 regular issues this year, um, issues 1935 through to 1960. They had 15 different cover artists. Uh, 21 of those um, issues, sorry, there was... There's a lot of different stories across the uh, 26 issues, but 20 of them, 21 of them were created by Fru, um, which is a, a continual step up um, from Fru. We saw seven um, created by Fru in 2020, 12 in 2021, 15 in 2022, and as I said, stepping up to 20, to 21 in 2023. God, that's a, a bit of a tongue twister. Um, there was a, a lot of uh, a lot of new stories published by them. Obviously, as I said. Um, there were also 23 stories that were published by Fru for the first time, um, which were not Fru stories. So that's, um, what's that, 40, 
four brand new stories that we saw published um, for Fru readers this year. Again, that's a step up. Um, 2022, there was 11 new stories, um, non-Fru, that were published by Fru, if you can follow me there. Um, so um, apart from the annual and the replica series that we saw, um, sorry, I'm following these notes, previously published by, oh, so there were also 22 stories that had been previously published by Fru, um, which is a few less than last year. Um, and apart from the annual and the replica series, only one was published in the regular series, um, which was T in issue 1947. And it had been uh, some 25 odd years since we'd seen that one. So um, if you've done the maths of, as I've been speaking, there's 66 stories in total, which is um, more than in any of the last three years. We did have 69 stories published by Fru back in 2019. Uh, since then, we've hovered around the 54 to 60 mark, but 66 stories this year. Yeah, that's just in the regular series. Uh, Fru also produced their giant size phantoms. There was four issues of those, including one of those being the um, the um, the annual that they do, the the uh, two hundred page odd edition. Um, amongst all of that, we know that there's a lot of um, old Australian. Um, comics reproduced in there as well as some um, um, new stories of non-phantom characters but amongst those uh, giant size phantoms there was eight phantom stories um the in 2022 they only had four um so there's a few crossovers with sir falcon and um uh, the Raven, which help, but um, the but to have a few more fandom stories in the giant size was cool. So um, while there's more stories, there's actually fewer books than in the past um, because I guess we didn't see any trade paperbacks. Um, obviously, we've seen the end of Kid Phantom and uh, Phantom's World and that sort of thing. So this year we only had, well, I say only, we're spoiled really, um, 30 through issues were appeared on our newsagent shelves or, or in our subscription um, mailboxes. Um, as I said, 30 there. If I go back over the past few years, there was 31 last year, 32 in 2021, 34 in 2020, 38, uh, 42 and 36 respectively in the previous years there. So a bit of a step down, but more stories um, as it happens. Um, so all those numbers, so all 30 is, is fruit plus giant size in the Correct. past. Correct. The fruit, the giant stars, the trade paperback, the kid phantom, the right. Yeah, correct, correct. Yeah, so th thirty actual books that were published by Fru this year that were available to purchase. Yeah. Right. So yeah. if you only just got a subscription, you're not getting gypped. It's just that there's less. Uh, you know, you no longer have to get a subscription for Phantom's World or Kid Phantom. Correct. Yeah. Like what Dan yeah. said, there's actually more stories in less issues as well. So yeah, more bang yeah. for your buck. Well, Jermaine, what's happening over in, in Sweden? For 2023, for Sweden, they had 19 regular issues, two trade paperbacks, uh, four replica hardcover books, which is kind of like their replica series, which Australians moan about. And then there's one hardcover collection book. So the trade paperbacks are their softcover album, their Christmas album, and their hardcover collection this year was the Gladiator stories about the Phantom before he became the Phantom, So, and it was collected in a hardcover collection. So from a story's point of view, now this does kind of get a little bit confusing. We might, we might try and actually include all these stats in the show notes. So if you are struggling to follow on as we try and read it, um, maybe you can um, go go back over the notes as well. So uh, there was nine cover artists for the for, uh, for the Phantom Men uh, covers. 
So that's much higher than previous years, and that's because Henrik Selström only did the one cover this year, where the, for the past five years, he's done probably 80% of the covers. Hmm. So there's seven new Team Phantom End stories in 2023. That's a little bit less than previous. Like in 2022, there was nine, and there was eight in 2020. However, there was nine new through created stories in 2023 and in that again has gone up in 2022 there was seven in 21 and 2020 there was three and two so it you know doubled last year and then it's gone up even more this year so there was and then there was eight new newspaper created stories so these are stories that weren't published before or that are, are published from the Tony DePaul uh, era. So in 2022, there was 11. 2021, there was 10. So it's kind of hovered around that time as well. Uh, and then there was eight repeat stories. So these are stories that have been reprinted, which are either um, old newspaper stories, which have been redone, or even old Team Phantom End stories. So last year there was 12, and in 2021 there was actually 24 repeat stories. 2023, there was altogether 24 new stories and eight repeat stories, and that means there was 32 stories altogether. What's actually interesting is if you compare it to 2021 and 2022, there's actually been less stories this or last year in 2023 than in the past previous two stories so they are talking about having another phantom men 2024 preview uh podcast with the guys and with andreas and jacob the uh the sole editors so that will probably be a question that we that we will have to talk and raise with them and find out their reasoning behind that why in 2023 we've actually seen less phantom men or phantom stories than in previous years. Well, yeah, so we're going to head back over to the USA now and Hermes Press. They had uh, four daily books, one Gold Key Volume 2, which was a reprint of, you know, Gold Keys Volume 2. So that's five books altogether. In 2018, they had four. 2019, they had seven. So a bit of a drop from heady days of 2019 and 2020, where they had eight. But four to five seems to be their, their MO for the last uh, few years. Uh, now, they haven't released a new Sunday, so the, their big hardcover Sunday book, for 18 months. Apparently, there's a reason, but we're not 100% sure what it is. Um, could be that sourcing could be a problem with the Sundays. Who knows? Uh, there are rumours going around that The Art of the Phantom and a colouring-in book will come out in 2024, but we're saying don't hold your breath. The colouring-in book rumour came out in our studio session. Blue Manor made mention Blue of Manor. it in our studio yeah. session. So yeah, job that he was doing the uh, the cover for it. But um, you know, <laughs> who knows what that that might mean? It just means he's been commissioned for something, and hopefully, we're all hoping it's a colouring in book that uh, that Hermes will produce. So we'll see how we go. Anyway, um, other stuff that's come out of the USA uh, is Comics Review. Obviously, they continue continuing on. Um, they've done another six issues this year that uh, have each featured a Phantom story. Only one of the six issues this year had the Phantom on the cover, uh, which is which is you know um, 
less than last year. Um, there was there was two last year, three the year before, two the year before that, three the year before that, but as I say, only the one this year. So a bit of a backwards step for the Phantom on the cover of Comics Review, um, but still six issues with Phantom Stories. We're going over to India. So Regal had six regular issues of their English series and Shakti had five issues of their series, which is actually in three languages, English, Hindu and Bengal. Now we head back over to Europe and we've got Hungary and I'm going to mispronounce the, uh, this title, but I'm going to give it my all, the Cogus. Um, when they were unsure if they're still including the Phantom in the issues, however, but we have found someone who may be able to help us know more. So, yeah, so we've got someone who's going to be able to hopefully give us a little bit more information. We're just not 100% sure. Our research hasn't indicated any Phantom stories being published this year. However, they still have the Phantom on their inside front cover. They have the they have kind of like a uh, a banner which has got all the characters that they have, like the Phantom, Tintin, Asterix, uh, Tarzan, and stuff. So they're still using that, which has got the Phantom in it, but we just haven't been able to find it. So I asked him about it, and he says that they still are doing phantom stories but they just haven't done any in the last year so yeah yeah so in 2022 they had five issues uh none with phantom on the cover 2021 once again five issues with one with the phantom on the cover 2020 they had six issues with two on the cover and 2019 was one issue radio we're going over to south america with dan yeah, so Mythos in South America have produced some awesome fan books in the past, and they, they often come with the little um, coins or rings or some sort of trinket that goes uh, as a little addition, which uh, I certainly love. Um, in 2023, they only produced the one trade paperback, which was a collection of Ray Moore stories. Um, we don't know at this stage. We're hoping, I think everyone's hoping, that they'll go back and produce a regular series again. Um, friend of Chronicle Chamber, Glacio, wrote an article on our platform um, on the website there that it may be the new newspaper stories. So fingers crossed to watch this space. Hopefully that's uh, that comes through in 2024. Um, even even having the one trade paperback is better than last year when Mythos were, were un, unable to, to produce anything. Uh, there was no issues last year year um and the previous years they, they were producing seven or eight a year so it would be great to see them get back to those sorts of numbers um and uh if we've got any brazilian fans who've got a bit more information or would like to review those books when they do start to come out we'd love to hear from you so drop us a line oh, yeah thanks dan back over to europe with jermaine all right if only we can all travel like this all right so i'm doing <laughs> german uh germany so Look, we call 2023 the year of uh, German Phantom Comics because they had four publishers, four different publishers publishing Phantom comics or books in one format all the way. So that's... Uh, that's, that's extraordinary. Yeah, yeah, it is. Does so it dominate had... the market? Like, are they all successful? Well, from what I understand, yes. So you've got Zuberstan, which do... Uh, newspaper stories, Moonstone stories, and they've even done a Fru story and Team Phantom End stories. You've got Wick, 
which are doing the uh, uh, remastered version of the old Bastai stories. And you've got the other German stuff. You've got the Mitten hardcover and softcover book, which is kind of like a um, kind of like a collector's edition, like a, an artist collector's edition, which they've done like a hardcover, a softcover album of it. We've got a review of it, so go online if you're more interested in that. And then you've got ECR, which are reprinting the um, the old the Cyberry uh, Daily Classics. Different stuff, to, at least. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's a real different, you know, rather than, I guess, say, Fruit or Phantom Men who are publishing it all in, in you know, under one umbrella, under one publisher, you've got four different guys, you know, that are doing it. Like, And if you look at Wick, for example, it's a one-man band. Uh, lovely guy, um, Auric Wick is his name. In 2023, they produced four regular issues. Now, they've all sold out. Like, basically... He brought it, he got a contract for a limited run and it was like a range. And uh, uh, and basically he's printing at that range and he's not physically or no, not legally allowed to print more than that. And they're basically selling out within one or two days of them being printed. One or two like, days. Yeah. Um, and then you've got Zuberstan, which again, they're actually a record uh, producing company and they've gone into the comics. Uh, and that's where we see Timo as the artist. And they've had six regular issues. And in those six regular issues, this is a real mishmash. You've got six newspaper stories, 10 Moonstone stories, a Team Phantom Man story, and four DC comics, which did the mitten hardcover and softcover book, which is very similar as what France did last year, which has been quite successful. Um, and then ECR, they are releasing... Cyberry for 2024 and then in 2023 they did kind of like a bit of a preview of what their Cyberry reprints are going to be as well so a little bit hard to kind of keep track of everything in Germany but uh it's it's looking it's looking good and a, a huge shout out to Christian for who's reviewing all those and buying all the comics for us to be able to st stick up reviews before uh before the comics come to me which means uh they're a lot time timely Oh, very good. That um, that Zerberstein, that must be a, a big comic because, like, that's twenty-one stories across six issues. That's that's yeah. That's so fun. it's about a hundred pages, and they print it in color. Um, really good. Like, and they re so they get Timo Wurz to do covers, and he's he did he does that kind of grungy look. He's done a free cover, which we'll talk about later. Uh, and then they've done also reprint covers from like our uh, filming and. And, and some others mm. and, and stuff as well. But, yeah, look, um, talking to people who either live there or, uh, you know, a couple of Germans or a, a couple of fan uh, fans who go to Germany, have gone to Germany a couple of times, they've talked about how the comics are actually in the shops. So, you know, there's What's like to say? Germans buying Phantom comics, which is good. Excellent. Over in Norway, they had one their one-year album, and they had four Chronicle albums. Uh, unfortunately, this series is now cancelled. So that gives them five issues or five publications for the year. And next year, we'll probably just have the one, I guess. Just nearby over in Finland, they had two softcover albums uh, to their credit this year. 
the uh, the Spanish um, re- produced another daily strip. Um, the oh, sorry, another album of their daily strip repeats in that similar vein to what Hermes Press do. Um, obviously in Spanish. Um, Dolmez, I think, is the is the name of that uh, publisher. Um, so continuing to to produce that uh, that book, um, which is a, a really high quality production. Um, so good to see them continuing on. And then our last one in Greece, uh, in Europe. Uh, So this is five issues. So this is one of the publishers that we found out about who have been publishing The Phantom for about three, four years, and we didn't know about it. Uh, So in How did that get through us? I don't know. We're only only human. (laughs) We're only human. So in 2023... Uh, they had five issues, and one of them had the Phantom on the cover. Very good. So all in all, there was 10 countries, maybe 11 with Hungary, but we're not 100% sure on that one, uh, and we lost France. But we have backdated the Greece or the Greek comics, uh, which came out in 2021, because we didn't know about it. What we had, so 10 countries this year, 2022 had 12 countries, 11 countries the year before that, and nine countries back in 2020. Yeah, Man. so it's it good to see that many countries publishing Phantom Comics. They produce between them 105 comics, and um, I think we should fly the flag here and say well done, Australia, for producing 30 of those. So nearly a third of the uh, Phantom Comics from around the world came from Australia. Um, but 105 comics in... In 2023, across all of those publishers in all of those countries, is the most since 2021, and and previous to that, it's the highest since the early 1990s. So there is a bit of a resurgence going on. Um, and as I say, well, most since 2021. Last year there was 98 books. 2021 there was 101 books. So we still have seen more than that. And then 77 and 76 books in the in the years previous to that. So um, a lot of comic books featuring the Phantom being produced around the world, uh, just making it a little bit more difficult to explain to our wives why these internationally postmarked envelopes are arriving here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, how many boy. stories were there, Jim? <laughs> Luckily, they all those all the all that stuff that we get in the mail only cost us twenty dollars. Um, <laughs> so, in looking at brand new stories, which I thought is a good way because there's been a steady increase. So, in twenty twenty three, there was thirty five brand new stories. So that's not reprints or seen before in any language. So, say for instance, these are Tim Phantoming stories. These are free created stories, and then these are newspaper stories. So the three or four newspaper stories. The so say for instance, if a story, if a newspaper story was created in 2022, and then it was published in a comic in 2023, it's not including that. If that okay. kind of makes sense. So last year there was 35. In 2022 there was 30. In 2020 in 21. There was 21 in 2020, there was 22, and in 2019, there was 23. So uh, last year, it was a big jump up from 2021, and then there's been another fairly big jump uh, this year as well. So that's all It's all rather exciting. So it's largely on the back of Brew and, and Glenn Ford in particular, the way that he's been commissioning uh, new phantom artists and um, authors to create these new books and 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 then you know over over a period of time he's been putting them getting them into the comics studley has been putting them together for us and and, and sending them out the free comics mm. we still about, have that continues you really don't want that to to drop off yeah yeah about 
five years ago, maybe four years ago, uh, we actually talked about our 20 most influential phantom people. Yeah. And we discussed whether Glenn Ford was in that list. He was kind of around the 18 to 25 yeah. mark. So it would be interesting in looking at these numbers and depending if, you know, if he's still, you know, I know he's not getting any younger, but if he's still around producing and creating and seeing creation of this many stories, again, because team, uh, team you know, Phantom Men are creating these, uh, mm. using their stories now as well, and we've seen the steady inc- increase of those as well. You know, we would probably have to re-look at that top 20 list and include Glenn in there. So we must yeah. give Glenn a huge shout-out, and, um, yeah, hopefully he's still got plenty more runs on the board. Really good. up in the top 10. Yeah, well, there's some big well, names in the top ten. There's, there's some big names in the top ten. We'll have to, <laughs> that's another podcast, though. We we need to do it. Right, yeah. Um, so once again, if you couldn't keep up with all the numbers that we've just been spouting off, we will have all them in the article accompanying this podcast. So now here comes the fun part: our favourites. So we do have a bit of a criteria. The criteria is yes that we can select reprint stories. Um, and as we discuss issue numbers, if you're on YouTube, you will see the cover. And if you're on audio only, we'll do our best to say the cover artist and all the rest for your information. Uh, great big thank you to Mikhail Leek, uh, Christian, Zayuj, Abir, and Ankit Mitra, who have commented on their own country's comics to help us give, give a better worldwide view of 2023. Uh, plus, Duncan Munro and Chris Schaefer who have also added their input. We thank everyone for your 2023 work, plus your 2024 work to come in regards to reviews and contributions. We're always after more contributors, so if you want to review any new comic from other countries or if you can help us with uh, merchandise coming out, please give us a bell. The best non-fru Phantom Men Indian cover. Uh, Dan, what's everyone saying here, uh, the Chronicle Chamber team? Yeah, right. So um, the, we were just given for a wrap for all of the books they're producing and and um, certainly, th- what did I say, 30 out of the last 105 between them and Team Phantom and, and what's going on in India, um, that's probably half of all the comics. So we're looking for um, the other the other nations that we've we've rattled off there. Um, Germ, you, um, do you want to t- take us through your favourite non-fru, non-Phantom, non-Indian covers? Yes, so my two would be the Comics Review, which is 449-450, which is the one by um, Reno Marquez, who's from the Philippines. Um, For those who are going, I know that name. He also was the inker on the Captain Action Moonstone story, which was penciled by Keith Williams. And then uh, Wick cover number five, which is created for the German series, which was... uh, drawn by a Turkish artist who's living in Germany. So um, they're my two favourite of those other countries. Very good. Mikkel from Sweden has nominated um, German Phantom Number 4. Now, I'm not sure which of the four <laughs> different Phantom publishers he means there, um, but I'm I sure... I reckon it might have been Wick. 
yeah, I think it might have been, the, and, and I'm sure Jim will have worked his magic by now, and YouTube viewers will see that <laughs> hovering across the screen. Um, he's also nominated Black number 29, an old cover, but he loves it. Um, Ankit has nominated Wick Phantom number four, so um, probably agreeing with Mikel there, and Zabastain Phantom number five. Steve, what were your thoughts? My thoughts were we had Slim Pickens compared to what Prue is producing. Um when I was picking, you know, when I had a look at the all the covers, I thought, oh yeah, that looks good. That looks that looks good. But that was from previous years, and I had to actually narrow it down to twenty twenty three. But I reckon the Zerberstein comics were the were the pick of the bunch for my money. Um, I'll just save the Zerberstein covers. I'm probably going down a similar line to Steve. I find it really hard to to pick, and and part of that's probably because I'm I don't have the books in my hand. I'm going off thumbnails or of things I'm, I'm flicking through on the screen. There's a lot of books to choose from. I'm going to go as a whole the German comics, um, the four different publishers. I think they're producing some fantastic covers. Um, I really especially love the the painted style covers, and I think Timo Weres is responsible for a lot of those. So you mentioned those before, Jim, when you were t- taking us through the German um, comics. And, and I just think that they they really stand up and they stood out for me. So I'll go with them. Uh, Duncan Munro has also nominated. Uh, he's been he's been a little bit more specific than I have. He's nominated Wick um, number six, um, but he's also nominated the Norway Christmas album as one of his favourite covers. Um, Wick number four and Wick number five were Swage's favourites. So we're seeing a lot of love for the German comics here. Mm. Um, and Chris Schaefer, who we should give a, a, a shout out, uh, a new contributor to Chronicle Chamber, he's been in touch and wants to um, help us out and get involved as a new contributor. And he's starting by nominating uh, his favourites for um, for 2023. Um, he's said Phantom Number no. Seven by Felmang, uh, that the Felmang produced for Zobastein. Beautiful art, as always, by uh, Felmang and Ferry, um, and somehow capturing the sensation of everyone floating underwater. Where he's uh, loving that with the in the still image, um, and he's nominated as his second the complete new the Hermes. This would be Hermes Press Complete Newspaper Dailies Volume Twenty Seven, and uh, you know, with uh, you can't go wrong with classic Cyberi art. I don't think with uh, with that one. So I can understand where you're coming from there, Chris. Um, Germ, you now- got the honor. Can I just say, uh, Timo, whereas I love his artwork as well, that was something that I purchased uh, this year. So for those who are on YouTube, um, yeah, he's a great artist. So For those who are on YouTube, you can see Germ gloating. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the rest of you can just hear it. You can just hear it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so next is the best fruit cover. So we're allowed to choose three. That's great, yeah. So this this was a lot harder than the than – the, I've seen international, but the but the non traditional ones. There are so many quality covers, so hard to to get it down to three. But I'll do my best. I've given. I've tried to just get down to one Glenn Lunston. I wanted to pick only one Glenn Glenn Lunston. I could have filled the whole three from with them, but I went giant size twenty seven for Glenn. Um, nineteen fifty. What was issue nineteen fifty? Nineteen fifty was. Now. Where's uh, cover? Not the one that Jim just showed us, but the one that he produced um, for for Fru. Yep. So, oh, Timo. Yep. And uh, cover number fi- 1955. Hey, Marcelo Baez, that's it. And I'm giving an honorable, honorable, an honorable mention to issue 1945, which I'm pretty sure is the, the visitor, which is um, Glenn Lumsden. Yep. I, I wasn't going to have two of him, but I'll, I'll put in an honorable mention. I almost put in 1960, which is the Christmas issue, but I couldn't do it because it's a Christmas issue and there's no Christmas reference on, well, at least on the front cover. 
So, uh, but I did like it. Well, Steve, you've pretty much stolen all of my thunder because the reason I knew the artists for those issues was because they were almost exactly my selections as well. <laughs> no, I, I nominated as my top three in no particular order. I, I did nominate 1945, The Visitor by Glenn Lumsden, um, 1950, the um, the that painted cover. I really love the uh, the imagery there and the way that he's overlaid the, the three characters in particular. And then 1955 as Marcelo Bays was my was my third um i just really love the way the phantom's coming out of the out of the out of the comic with his with his sword there um and my honorable mention was going to be 1960 by jeff weigel um <laughs> and and i and when we go to review it i am going to ask the question does this count as a christmas cover because on the back if it's part of the wraparound there's a few christmas references on the back yeah. but uh, i realize you know, that on the back but there's none on the front yeah, understood, understood. Anyway, that's a that's another conversation when we review that comic specifically. But those those were my three and the honourable mention. All right. Well, Mikel's done very similar. 1945, which which is by Glenn. 1950, which is by Timo. And then 1956, which is the Lauren Marshall uh, cover, which has got the the Phantom and his alter ego kind of merging into uh, which oh, yes. we made mention about that in our review of those. Anchor, when 1935, which was by Daniel Picciotto, I've seen the original art for that. Amazing. And then 1938, which is by Grange, which is the Ibis Mystery. And then 1945, which, again, we have talked about. Duncan did 1935, which is Daniel uh, Picciotto, uh, 1939, which is Jeremy McPherson, which is um, kind of like in the cave with the, the boat pointing towards him. Uh, and 1941, which is one of Alex Tripp's covers, which has got the Phantom and Sandal Singh, I believe it is, in The Crosshairs. Sears did 1939, which is the Jeremy McPherson. He said that. He loves the colour work and the art, 1950, uh, which is Timo's, looks fantastic. Uh, and 1957, which is one that we haven't talked about so far, which is uh, Tatum, which is the Indian artist. Uh, and he looks great, but also the artist is from his neighbouring state. So there's a little bit of bias there as well. <laughs> now, we should for say. me... I like that's one of my three as well. But again, from my bias point of view, I'm actually buying the original art for that cover. So that's, I'm also very biased as well. So the other one that I want to make mention of in one of my three is Giant Size 26, uh, which is the Phantom sitting on his couch reading the newspaper. Now, one of the reasons I like that is because this is by Glenn Lumsden, of course, is because it was in response, a cheeky little dig at the newspapers cancelling the cancelling uh, newspaper comics, which has been happening in Australia, US, and around the world. So I, I really like that. Um, I kind of like that hidden little meaning. And then another one I want to make mention of is 1960. Look, even though it doesn't have the Christmas reference, I do <laughs> like that. Um, and for me, it's not as much of a big deal as, say, for you guys. I mentioned 1960, and I've got to say, uh, while we're on, uh, Jeff, the, what, the way that Jeff has done the lighting on that and the, the yeah. Phantom oh. light and the shadows that are being cast, I think that's just spectacular. Absolutely yes. brilliant. Chris has done 1950 by Timo, which we've talked about a few times, so 
I think pretty much all of us have kind of suggested that one. Uh, 1952, which is the 75th anniversary special. That's uh, His comments was simple, straightforward, and to the point. The Phantom is timeless and going strong. So, um, yeah, that's the what, the reason why he liked that as well. So, yeah, and then number three, he's also chosen 960 as well. So he especially likes the back cover, which uh, has the amazing ability to both contain the stories as Easter eggs in the scene. So um, that's a, a, a good point as well. Yeah, so how did our votes actually meet up with the general public's votes? So number 10. Uh, we have Tadam Gayadu with issue number 1957. He got around right about 5.5%. He got 5.4. We'll round it up to 5.5 for you, Tadam. So just, to, just to explain the, the votes, this is um, of all of the people who voted, 5.5% um, of people had that as one of their top three. Yes, I should say that. So this isn't going to equal up to 100% because people got to vote <laughs> for three uh, comics. So... In ninth position, we had Shane Foley with in his nineteen forty eight cover. He had eight point seven percent of the vote. Then we have got Jeff Weigel with his Christmas cover issue number nineteen sixty comes in at thirteen percent. Then tied on equal fifth, we have Glenn Lumston with his issue number nineteen forty five, Daniel Picciotto with issue number nineteen thirty five. And then Glenn Lumsden again with issue number 1952. And they are all tied on 15.2% of the vote. Uh, we also have, uh, in coming up number four, we have issue number 1950, which is the Timo Wirtz cover, which we've all spoken about. He got 16.3% of the vote. And then our top three. So getting 18.5% of your top three votes was Jeremy McPherson with issue 1954. In second place, we on 29.3% of your top three votes. Issue number 1941, Alex Trepevsky. And in first position, issue number 1939 on 30.4% of the vote. I think that was a that was really, really close. That one is less than a mm. that looks like less than a vote in it, doesn't it? Yeah, 1.1%. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Jeremy McPherson uh, with 30.4% of the vote. So it's great to see how many Australian artists uh, are there. So Jeremy, Alex, uh, Glenn, Daniel, Shane, well done. The Aussies are well represented there. And well done, not only that, but we've also got the international artists doing um, through covers, which is very we're very, very grateful for. And like I said before, when I was giving my results, I, I would have, I, if I could have picked the whole, how many was it, 25 or 30, however many issues that we that have been produced by through this year, I, I would have, because I thought that it was a quality bunch, definitely quality, quality build. Just, yep. just before we move on, just to explain for anyone who's been doing the maths and is going, well, hang on, that doesn't add up to 100%, um, just to, to make sure. So Jeremy's got 30.4% of the vote. That is 30.4% of all of the people who responded had him as one of their top three. So um, it's it's not going to add up to 100%. Um, we um, we know that because because everyone got three votes. So it's uh, that's a simple one to, to explain. Jeremy, Alex, Glenn, Daniel, Shane. So five Australian artists are in that top 10. Obviously, Jeremy and Glenn have got multiples. And then we've got Tatum, Jeff, and Timor. 
So we've got one from Asia, one from Europe, and one from America. So, yeah, and then Let- you've also got Timo and Tatum, first-time art through artists as well. We've got a, a special shout-out to Jeremy McPherson. I mean, you know, close friend of Chronicle Chamber. He's helped us out with a few podcasts this year and all the rest of it. But to to have two um, covers in the top three um, is is a fantastic effort, not just not just uh, winning the whole thing with issue 1939, but to uh, to round out and have two two comics on the podium. That's that's fantastic. So well done, Jeremy. So we we wanted to nominate our best Phantomin comics, uh, our best team Phantomin co- covers, um, as we do each year. Now um, this uh, this was a real. Um, uh, mixed bag this year with no with Henry, Henrik Solstrom and as Jer mentioned earlier Henrik Solstrom has dominated this category for the last X number of years because he's dominated the covers he's been doing all of them um, and I I genuinely don't know the artists for each of these hopefully we can pay credit where due my favourite uh, Team Phantomman cover was issue number twenty of twenty twenty three um, featuring uh, the Phantom uh, with Hero on on Hero I, do, I always love a Hero um, horse cover I've got a soft spot for those. So number 21, my favourite. Then in no particular order, um, issue number 18, 19 was another that I just uh, really popped out for me. And then issue 10, 11 was another one of mine. Mm. Before we go around the grounds, um, Germ, what were yours? Okay, so mine was 13, which was done by Janice Alden. I, I love Janice's Alden work. This, is, this covers where you've got the Phantom Diana with a speeding train. It looks like an action movie poster. Really like the look of that one. 2526 is by uh, Luca Roberta. Now, I've got him on 2526 and then also issue 21. For me, these covers stand out and like they will look good on on a on a shelf, like a, on a on a on a comic book shelf or whatever. So 21 is li- is basically all green. So you've got the Phantom rescuing a Trangi African girl and you've got crocodiles and there's lots of green jungle and green crocodiles and it just it's very striking uh very similar as your one in 1011 which has got the blues which um Mm -hmm. he's on the canoe and then 2526 doesn't actually really feature the phantom but it's got a picture of the phantom kind of like in the window and i just thought that it's really really different type of cover and this is the story um of the moro girl yeah ingenues and now i didn't personally like the story but i like how this cover is unique and different and sort of doesn't feature the phantom and again it kind of stood out to me hmm. and steve what were your favorites from uh team phantom this year well, Jim's just been talking about Phantom in twenty five, twenty six, and that one has definitely stood out for me. I think I, I listed that one. Well, nothing's really in any particular order, but I put that one first in in mind for pretty much the same sort of reasons as as Jim mentioned. Uh, yeah, it was striking. It was different. I like the way that they depicted the story without giving much away. You know, you can see mm. they look like they're they're partying. They're having a bit of fun. She's looking in, into the mirrors. We're seeing the reflection in a mirror. So, and so that's why the 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 ghost who walks images, you know, it's like vandalism in, in a girl's bathroom, but we're seeing it, you know, on the tiles or whatever, um, and we're seeing the mirror image. Um, and I just thought it was very, very different to something we've seen before. I thought it was extremely well done. And unlike Germ, when I reread the story in the, in the Christmas issue, I really 
I, I really enjoyed the story. I liked it a lot more, and mm. it, and it's actually quite dark. It's you know mm. the um that eighties fellow. He's um as in you know, he looks like someone in the eighties with his white jacket on. Um, they, they were going to do some horrible things with those Mora girls, and it was really quite a dark story. Um, mm. but uh, and I really really enjoyed it on the on the read through. My other uh, favorite covers number four number. four, all was remind me of the the Avon novels, you know, the the pulp type yeah. novels, the the the, the painting yeah. and stuff. I really like the way that was done. Jan- oh, Janice Auden was it? And lastly, number sixteen was oh the uh, Phantom on a on a ship. So I just thought, you know, fighting fighting piracy, greed and inju- uh, greed and injustice. So going on the pirate, I like, I like Phantom on a on a boat. So mm-hmm. I went with that one. That's Raphael Ruiz. Since you guys have gone and named the artists who your favorite, uh, who did your favorite covers, I'll uh, give a shout out to Mikel Gustafsson, who did the uh, the cover to issue number twenty, which I really like. So haven't uh, haven't heard of or seen his work before. Maybe that's my ignorance. But um, is he a new new artist? Uh, new old artist because this was actually the year. It was the originally the year poster from back in like the nineties. So he's actually an artist from about thirty years ago. So when you say you haven't heard of him, that's probably one of the reasons why they chose this particular image is because it would have been an image they had on cover, um, and it had only been used in a poster and not actually a comic. And it is very uh, yeah. Yeah, well, can't well, for any type of story. So, Mikel Gustafsson, I hope you're still alive. Um, to <laughs> to hear that, I really love your artwork. <laughs> um, look, and, and look as we go around the grounds uh, with the uh, the other uh, Chronicle Chamber team members. Uh, Mikel has nominated issues thirteen and sixteen. You'll see those on your screen um, if you're on YouTube as his favourites. Um, Ankit, what I'm seeing here is a real mixed bag, and I'll go on. Ankit has uh, said issues 5, 24, and 20, so he's nominated that one as well. Uh, Duncan has said 6, 7 for him, um, as well as issues 21 and 13. Uh, Swage has uh, said, look, there's so many great ones to pick from. There's fantastic covers this year. He probably likes the the three that he's chosen because of um, the the subject matter they portray as much as the artwork. Um, so he's been upfront about that one. He's nominated issues number four, 10, 11, as well as issue 16. And then Chris has uh, chosen number 17 by Luca Roberta. Um, and it sounds like he, he he loves the story as much as anything else. Um, then uh, as much as the cover, that seems to have swayed him. Phantom and number one um, by Rafa Ruiz. And then, of course, number 24 uh, by Jenez Auden. So... Um, I'm not actually seeing much of a trend there amongst the one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight of us who have voted. There is no real standout favourite. So I guess it goes to show that, you know, what do you say? Nine different artists, I think, for um, Tim Fantaman this year. And um, they're appealing to a, a wide range of uh, of um, interests and, um, you know, beauties in the eye of the beholder, as they say. So it'll be really interesting in a couple of months when Tim Fantaman do their best cover of 2023 competition or, or survey to see what uh, rises to the to the top there. All right, so we'll move over to the best Indian cover. So this is including Shatki and Regal. Now, Ankit is not going to comment because obviously he created one or two of them. 
amongst his babies, doesn't he? Yeah, that's <laughs> it. Uh, I chose uh, issue seven for Shatki, which is the alternative color. It's the black and white, kind of like more of a noir type of feel. And then Regal number 31, which has got the boom booms. And I like how Ankit has done that. And that's not just a suck up either, Ankit. Duncan has chosen Regal 31 and Shatki 9. Tuaz has done Regal 31, which is what Duncan and myself have done. And then Shatki 11, which is an iconic looking cover. Uh, Mikkel has done Regal 31 again. And Shaki 9, which is the same as what Duncan did. Uh, Chris has done number 7, cover A, which is not the cover that I chose. Uh, and he likes it because of how the Phantom and Devil appear to the Roughnecks. And then he's also chosen uh, Regal 31 again as well with the hectic madness with the drummers. So we've all kind of chosen... Regal number 31 as one of ours. Uh, Dan and Steve, do you want to tell us what yours? I'm going to stun you by saying that I've chosen Regal number 31. <laughs> I, I think, look, um, uh, Anki, I, I hope you would have chosen that as your favourite. I um, can understand you not choosing amongst your kids, but um, look, just the that's one of the better um, drummer of timpani covers that I've seen. Mm -hmm. And that story has been published a number of times. And uh, I, I don't know that I've seen an image that has quite captured the madness. And so my barrier has got a, a number of the, um, the panels in, inside that story that obviously Ankit's drawn from to do that. But just, yeah, as, as you said, the boom, boom, boom all over the place and the frantic, the hectic movement of the of the Phantom captured on there, I think is, is a stunner. Um, and my other one, I, I had to go to Shakti, to to show them some love as well and uh, picked issue number eight from their uh, range there. Right, yeah. Shock horror. I didn't pick number 31. I just had to go back and see <laughs> what did, what was I missing in there? And, um, so, no, I didn't pick issue number 31 because I saw another, oh, another drummer of timpani cover. Um, so, yes, it's good, but it's another drummer of timpani cover and um, I've had enough. I chose now... Luckily, I I'd, I kind of had looked to see what other people had done before, and and I saw that Jeremy had picked an alternative cover. I thought, what alternative cover? So I clicked on the link a little bit closer and saw that there was an alternative cover for um, Shakti Shakti Seven. Um, so I went for Seven A and Seven B for Shakti. Now we go over to Germany, and Christian has nominated Zoberstein Eight for the best German cover. Thank you, Christian. We've uh, we've talked about a lot of covers. It's time to start talking about stories, and uh, we want to start by talking about best writers of 2023. And this is always a hard one because people have uh, different tastes, and then there's so many different types of stories that come out, and uh, it really does depend on um, you know the individual beauty in the is the eye of the beholder, as I said before. Um, but we want to talk about who were our favourite writers with the, some of the stories we saw come out this year. So before I go around the rest of the crew, Steve, I, I might hand over to you first to talk about um, who, who are some of the authors that you really in, enjoyed reading this year. So my top three in no particular order, Tony DePaul, um, he cuts a lot of flack for, you know, people say the stories take forever to get through or whatever, but you put them all together, they are it reads very, very well, and people need to remember that. Um, so Tony DePaul, I haven't mentioned his name at all, I think, in the last hour and 
15 or however long we've been going for. Um, but Paul Mason with his Vietnam stories gets my Guernsey. And I was trying to, who was going to round up my top three? And I went with Claire Smurthy because shock horror, I like the 22nd Phantom Saga, mm. which I didn't think I'd be able to say. But <laughs> I enjoyed I didn't go back and reread them before doing the podcast. But when I'm looking over, I thought, what are the stories that, that I remember that I recall? Bang. I remember enjoying those. Mm. Mm. Now, I've also gone Tony DePort. Now, I haven't always enjoyed the stories that I've seen in 2024, but what I have enjoyed is the care and the the threads that have gone into the stories. It reminds me a lot of what Clace Remifi has done with the 22nd Phantom Saga. When I say the long game, I like the fact that, you know, you can be reading a story and then there's a reference from a story from two years ago. And if you're a fan of Nuffy, you will pick it up on it. You will get all a little giddy and like a little schoolgirl. And and I think like that's what I enjoyed reading his stories this year was reading the the threads that I read two, three years ago and, and, and stuff like that. And to be honest, I... I actually I do understand how some people are not enjoying the stories. Um, they are long. I hope we get just a couple of shorter, non-rocking my boat stories for the next year or so, just to kind of calm me down a little bit. I'm now forty, so I'm now an old fart. <laughs> so I can't, you know, I can't handle too much of my boat being yeah, rocked. Yeah, yeah. And then the other two is Andreas Erikson. I really enjoyed um, the story uh, in the 75th anniversary special. Um, And then there was also the Sing Brotherhood, the true Sing Brotherhood story, which we saw in a free comic as well. Um, For me, I like the fact that, you know, he quite possibly knows the Phantom better than what I do. So he's a real fan of Nuffy. And so the fact that he's actually creating stories and he's showing care like with the true Singh brotherhood story you've got sandal Singh, you've got you know the wrap-up of what's happened to her after she mysteriously almost died in the presidential palace being uh plane you know being a plane driven into it then you've got a uh you've got a another Singh girl which appeared in a short story in the mid 90s like you know 30 years ago and she's kind of come back. Then you've got uh, these Jungle Patrol people that was in some far-flung story back in the 80s or something like that. So I love that type of care. Now, the third one I made mention, now, the story is not in my top three or in my favourite, but what I liked about it was the way it captured me and really made me question where he was going and I was intrigued where he was going with this story and it made me question whether I was going to like it based on a preview image and that was Jason Franks. Now, we've got Jason Franks coming up in a podcast coming up, but I really liked how he created that Pinstripes Wizard story. Now, I've in just reading that story, he sounds like a hippie. He sounds like he's a lot older than what he is and that he's probably still recovering from some of his LSD trips and stuff like that from his hippies days. So I'm intrigued to be able to actually talk to him because that's the type of picture I get from him. But from talking to him, 
don't think he's actually that old. Um, look, if, if we go around the grounds um, of everybody else, um, Swage has nominated Lee Fork for the stories that he's seen from Lee Fork this year. Um, Peter Anderson and Andreas Eriksson. Mikkel has gone similarly, I suppose. Mikkel Sol, our Swedish correspondent, has nominated Tony DePaul. He's, and then he's stuck with his compatriots in Peter Anderson and Andreas Eriksson. He's given them a big smiley face. Um, Duncan Munro has nominated Paul Mason, um, and I'm sure he's following similar lines to what you were talking about there, Steve. Um, Andreas Eriksson, for probably the same reasons that you gave Germ, and uh, Duncan also loves what he read from Lee Fork this year that I guess he's seen in in Fru in particular in the reprints. Ankit has gone with Tony DePaul, uh, Paul Mason and Peter Anderson. And um, I've actually copied Ankit there, as it turns out, I've, as I can see there. I'm going to I'm going to follow the the trend there of just um, nominating Tony DePaul. I think um, I, we get to see a bit more of him, and I actually it, it was beneficial, I think, to see the Fru stories being reprinted in their whole. Um, sorry, his story is reprinted in Fru in their whole. So you could read the whole story without, you know, the daily, um, you know, three panels and three panels and three panels. Being able to read the whole story in one go is, is a real boon. Um, but then also to have that, as you were saying, Jim, you know, that we're through publishing stories that were in the newspapers two years ago. And so we actually get to see, you know, that that refresh of what we're seeing in the newspapers today and that, that, that tying in. I think that uh, Tony DePaul would have to be one of the most thoughtful um, phantom authors that um, that we've had well, just about ever, I think, in terms of the way that he ties it all in together. And it's not just uh, tying back stories that were written two years ago. He's referencing things that he wrote 15 years ago um, and following story threads that he planted, um, you know, a, a long time ago. Um, Paul Mason, I just love the way that he... Um, brings in the historical elements of the Vietnam War. I'm talking about his um, Phantom in Vietnam series predominantly, uh, but also the Fury story I thought was um, pretty cool too. Oh, um, yeah. Something a bit left Australia. Um, we've only seen part one of that so far. The fact that it was, you know, three or four pages in before you realised it was Julie, not not the Phantom that the story was about. I think that that was really, really cleverly written. I'm looking forward to seeing more of that. Um, Peter Anderson, I just love the fun, um, the the fun of, and I guess I'm basing this on Kiss of the Devil in particular. Um, I really enjoyed that as as a story. So, um, but I, I will give a, a shout out to Andreas Eriksson. I sort of probably overlooked him, and and the, and you probably talked me into getting him. In into my, yeah, you know, I wish I could have slipped him into my top three then, uh, Germ, the way that you, you spoke about him. So anyway, that's that's my top three best writers of the year. Um, sticking, as I said, though, we're sticking with stories. Let's move to the other half of the creative team. We've got to talk about the artists, of course. Um, while I'm while I'm prattling on, I'll nominate my two best story artists. Um, I love what Jeff Weigel produces. Um, we've talked about his covers, but uh, the the stories that he produces, uh, the artwork he produces for the stories, the Sundays, sitting down and rereading the Intunes, and and I'm with you, Steve. That was a much darker and much more. Um, 
a deep, much a, a much deeper story. Um, reading it as a full package than I even picked up when I was reading it on a on a once a week basis and seeing the Phantom um, walking around, being many men, being an ordinary man, slipping into a various Walker garbs and just being. in, I think that uh, Jeff did a fantastic job then, and a, a particular shout out for the way that he stepped in and taken up the daily as Mike Manley's been crook in the newspapers. I think that that's been uh, that's been fantastic, and 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 Paul Mason again. You know, I've, I've nominated him for. Um, writer, but I'm also going to give him a shout out for artist, my favourite artist of the year too. The way that um, um, the the colours that he uses, the dynamicism of the is that even a word um, <laughs> of his of, of his artwork is is fantastic. My two, uh, Ivan Rodriguez got my, but I can't remember which one he did now. in the seventy yeah, fifth anniversary. anniversary. I remember because I was. I was flicking through to have a look at the um, part one of Ghost of Ships Past, and I remember, and I caught the the story before. I thought, "What? What's this one again?" It really caught my eye, and I remembered that the artwork was really eye catching. And of course, Paul Mason for all the reasons that um that Dan said, and you know, because he's awesome and does fantastic stuff, and you could scribble on a page, and I said it was the best thing for the year. <laughs> Um, well, Chris, I am biased. <laughs> Chris has got very similar biased views as you. He wrote, uh, having met Shane Foley and Paul Mason, they get his vote. Kel, uh, Janice Alden and Jeff Weigel. Siaz did uh, Organ, Rodriguez and Cy Barry. Duncan was another one who uh, decided to give us three, and that was Scott Cohn, uh, who did the, uh, who helped out Mike Manley. Paul Mason, uh, for a lot of the similar reasons which have already been said, and Jeff Weigel as well. Now, yeah, Jeff, Scott, and Brett must give a big shout out to uh, for helping out uh, this year, helping out Mike. So a uh, big shout out to you guys as well. For me, it comes down to Ivan Rodriguez and Janice Auden. For me, there, if I was to say my current five Phantom uh, artists. They would be in the top. They would be those two would be in there. I just I like their work. Ivan Rodriguez reminds me a lot of Hans Lindell, um, and Janice Auden reminds me a lot of probably Kerry Lapinen, probably like in his heyday. And I love the fact how their work looks good in black and white as well as in color. Um, so that's the reason why I chose those two. Well, why are you still going there, Jam? Uh, what do you think was your overall best story published by Fruit? Now, you can, you can choose three here. Okay, so we're allowed to choose three here. Thank you, Steve. Uh, but yeah, I must I must admit, sometimes I'm not sure why we're only allowed to choose two and three. This was probably because we did it like five years ago and we've just stuck with it ever since. <laughs> <laughs> um, for me, Terror in Moatuan, which is a Tony DePaul story back in the early 2000s with art by Graham Nolan. Uh, love that story then. Love the story now. It's really, you know, it's really punchy. It's really, you know... Kind of like a good old action movie. Um, this was with the Python. Um, so a lot of our Indian listeners would have read it in the Regal issue that was uh, done recently as well. Uh, Attack in the Jungle Hospital, which is by Clarissa Ramifi, which is part of the 22nd Phantom Saga. Now, one of the reasons why I like it is one of the reasons which we've all talked about with Tony DePaul. And I reckon the only – we've probably seen three Phantom creators, Tony DePaul, Clarissa Ramifi, Ulf Granberg, who are the only three creators who have been able to successfully bring in 
story elements from all different stories and actually get them intertwined each other. Um, and I, we've all kind of talked about that when we talked about Tony Paul. Close Ramufi is one of those. And then of Granberg with his um, stories, how he was able to get the law stories and the legacy stories of uh, what Lee Fork wrote and put them into the team Phantom Men stories. And my third story would be the Sing Raiders uh, by Andreas Eriksson and um, uh, Ivan Rodriguez. Oh, I've cheated. There's, there's no doubt about that. I've cheated <laughs> in the way that I've done this because you've said three. Um, I've nominated the Phantom in Nam stories. I think there was five of them produced but uh, uh, or, or published this year. Um, but they're only eight pages each, and uh, together <laughs> that's only 40 pages or so. So the series of Phantom in Nam stories, the progression that we've seen there, I just really love having those little chapters um, that, that we see. Uh, so um, written and, and illustrated by uh, Paul Mason, who um, I've already spoken about uh the second way i've cheated is that i've said the daily progressions that we've seen <laughs> now, the rack and ruin series is one big story with a whole bunch of chapters so really that's one story and the fact that um i'm reading some of it in the fru comics and i'm reading some of it in the dailies as as they come out um I, i'm really i'm really 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 enjoying that and um i do wish that um in, in a way, I wish that Fru had held off. We've talked about this before, that that they had held off and produced that as one single trade paperback. I hope that that happens, that some publisher does that at some point and just produces Wreck and Ruin as a, as a single book um, because then, well, A, I'll enjoy reading it like that and B, this will no longer be cheating. It will genuinely be just one story. <laughs> um, but, that, but that's one of my other favourite stories that I've seen Fru produce. Um, and then I've already mentioned Kiss of the Devil I just think, um, and I can't remember her name now, but that's one of my favourite femme fatales that I've read in a long time um, by Peter Anderson there with the art by Giancarlo Caracuza. Um, it was just, it was a fun little two-part story, uh, which, you know, was not particularly um, intellectually engaging, but uh, it was it was a fun story and, as I said, a, a really, uh, really sexy little femme fatale. So, yeah, that, that's my third. Uh, Macal, he's only picked two. He's got Attack on the Jungle Hospital and the True Singh Brotherhood. Duncan, he's gone with a bit of Nam as well. He's got And Our Friends Are All Aboard and we got to get out of this place. And in between those, he has the Sing Raiders. So he wasn't using the, the, the cheat card that I've also used. And I might say I had it up there first before Dan went and put his in. <laughs> um, but before we get to mine, now I've noticed over the course of tonight that we've pronounced his name about a dozen different ways and we're very very sorry um even when we met him and we had him on we couldn't say his name correctly and we're very very sorry i like to get people's names right and um so use um hopefully one of these ways we've said it has, has been correct uh he's picked terror in mawitan the thing raiders and the box for myself i went phantom in nam for all the reasons uh, Dan mentioned before, I I forgot that Terry Maritone had been published this year in the um, uh, Nolan special at the start of the year. So once I remembered that bung that went in there because it's just had such an impact on uh, on the Phantom over, over the course of how long it was first published. As mentioned before, the engineers, yeah, like I said, went rereading this in the in the Christmas issue, um, saw how dark the, the story actually was and. Um, you know, the way that the, the creep was talking about, you know, getting the girls and spiking the drinks and, you know, they, they might look all, all fun and fancy free now, but, you know, give them a little while and 
and they had that dead-eyed look in their in their face, and it was really quite dark. And the Phantom wasn't holding back; he was cracking skulls. He was rough on roughneck, and um, so yeah, I I've put that one in there as well. Honorable mention. Uh, Twenty Second Phantom Saga. I mentioned before that Close Close of Murphy was um, in my top writers uh, of the year, and Undergrowth for something a little bit different. Mm. The I think it was uh, Dean Rankin and Arvin Rodriguez. There we go. Um, so great team up there. But what did the public say, Dan? Yeah. So if we look at um, we go back to the the. Best of 2023 through survey that we put out. Well, you just mentioned Undergrowth by Dean Rankin and Ivan Rodriguez. It tied in eighth place with five other stories. So <laughs> uh, six-way tie for eighth place. Um, each one of these stories getting 10% of the vote uh, or 10% of all voters had this as one of their top five stories of the year. So that's Undergrowth by Dean Rankin and Ivan Rodriguez. Fury Part 1 by Paul Mason and Amanda Bucky um, was uh, also one of those. The Visitor by Tony DePaul and Jeff Weigel. That was the Sunday released in through 1945 with that stunning Glenn Lumsden cover. Um, so that was there as well. Showdown at Paradise Hotel by Clace Ramirthy and Janez Auden, um, as well as Pirates of the Abbey by Peter Anderson and Giancarlo Caracuza and Ghost Walkers by Shane Foley, which was issued, uh, was released in 1946, issue 1946. So that's, a, as I say, a six-way tie for eighth place. We also had a tie for sixth place. Now, this uh, these guys were only a little bit more with 11.1% of the vote. Um, another Clays from Anthony story, a tie uh, in, again um, in together with Jans Auden uh, in the Claws of the Vultures and Germ's favourite, the Pinstripe Wizards by Jason Franks and Kay Boris uh, tied in sixth place. So not on your own there, Germ. Other people liked that story as well. One out in of th- ten. One out of ten people had that. Is there more than one out of ten. More than one out of ten. So yeah, eleven point one percent. Twelve point two percent of people said that they would have said the Joker to the Thief by Paul Mason. Um, so one of those uh, Phantom in Nam stories uh, got into fifth place. Fourth place was a Tony DePaul story, Phantom's End. Uh, I think that uh, that that one was published in the Christmas special. Uh, the um, Tony DePaul, Mike Manley, controversial story because we see the face of the Phantom, um, we see the death of the Phantom. Uh, Tony DePaul's on the record in his blog as saying this is the official way that the twenty uh, first Phantom will die. Um, so to get that up into fourth place um, in the last issue of the year, people didn't even really have time to read this before it was uh, before the survey was out. So it was in fourth place on 13.3%. Paul Mason again in third place. We got to get out of this place by, um, by, as I said, by Paul Mason, another one of the Venom in Nam stories. Guess what? In second place, Paul Mason painted black. So Phantom in Nam has finished in second, third, and fifth place in terms of people's favourite stories. Uh, but, and only one of us, I think Swayish has had it um, as one of his stories in first place, favourite story of the year this year, 30%, three out of every 10 people who voted said this was one of their top five stories. The Box by Dean Rankin and Jeremy McPherson 
from memory, I don't even think there's a speech bubble in this four or mm. six page little story that was in the 75th anniversary. It's all a story completely told by the artwork, but obviously there's script behind it as produced by Dean Rankin and people loved it. Um, so three out of every 10 people who voted had that as one of their top five stories. Uh, so congratulations, Dean Rankin and Jeremy McPherson. Uh, Jeremy, cover of the year, story of the year so far. Mm. I think that was in one of my top five. The box. I, I just loved it how it was different. I loved there was a few little tidbits with um uh some bad guys who we've kind of seen similar people in a in a previous uh Cyberry story. I can understand why it was very popular. Classic um, theme, coaches, you know, yeah. saving maybe Rhino, I think it was, you know. Um mm. yeah, classic theme, really simple story, fun, yeah. Mm. I didn't have it as one of my top five. I can understand why people did. Yeah. And then Paul Mason with his Vietnam stories. I think they are very popular. So it will be interesting what Fru will do with the Vietnam story. We, you talked about, uh, Dan, about having the Rackham, the, what was it, the Rackham yeah. Ruin collected as a trade paperback. Will they do that with the Vietnam stories as well? Oh, sure. Yeah, I hope so. And I would like to see them, you know, and I don't know where, where you, whether you can legally or, you know, whatever hoops you got to do, but, you know, maybe a bit of a collection, you know, release it on, you know, Remembrance Day or Anzac mm-hmm. or, you know, kind of around then. Do a bit of like a legacy thing. So, you know, like, uh, I don't know, 10 cents out of every dollar or something goes towards a legacy, you know, put the yeah. legacy logo on it, you know, kind of like make it. Get it a, um, you know, get like maybe a forward bias, you know, by a, um, you know. Vietnam vet. Yeah, Vietnam vet or, you know, maybe put some photos and, you know, like have like an editorial piece where Paul bans or expositorates, uh, you know, what's going on with how what happened in real life and how it mirrors what happened in a comic. And yeah, yeah. I'm not sure if celebrate's the right word, but have it so that way, you know, Australians are very, and then one of the things that I love about Australia is that we're very, um, uh, we like to, oh, what's the right word? We're we're like, yeah, towards our, our vets. And I think this could be a good way of doing it. And it could give through a little bit of uh, love as well, which, you know, which is always a good thing. The other thing that I wanted to say is the Phantom's End. Top four, so just under fifteen percent. Where I think that was a bit of a surprise, but it was a surprise, but it wasn't a surprise if that kind of makes sense. Well, it's the what's well, a six or seven chapter story, Rack and Ruin series, and this is well, I think Phantom's End was fifth or sixth. You know, it's the climax of that story. We can't, we're seeing the end of the vision. We're seeing the end of the phantom. Well, it's called Phantom's End. We're seeing the phantom, the end of the phantom. Um, you know, I think it's a really pivotal, it'll turn mm. in, in the, in the, when we, ha- you know, what's the Phantom now? 86, 87 years old. When the Phantom is a hundred years old, this will be a story that we refer back to. It's a pivotal moment in yes. the, in the, yes. the yes. Con- continuity of the story. So I think people are recognizing that now and uh, voting for it. So Mikkel, obviously Mikkel's the only one who's actually can read Swedish out of the rest of us. Um, so he's given us a bit of a review from what his best Phantom End story. And he has chosen 
from issue eight, which... So the English title is called In the Shadow of Horror, and the Swedish, and I apologise to all our Swedish listeners, um, this is going to be very humorous for you, but it's I Skraken Skruger is in issue eight, which has got uh, the rather horrific cover by Henrik Johnson of The Phantom looking quite demonic. Oh, and yeah. it was written by Jorgen Carlson and drawn by Carlos Pedrozini. That was Mikel's favourite Phantom Man story from 2023. Now, his, famous, his best Phantom Man issue was Den Hemliga Chronikan. And I can see Germ's just highlighting it now. And what's the translation there, Germ? Secret Chronicle. <laughs> Secret Chronicle. Den which Hemliga is that Chronicle. hardcover collection issue which had like the nine stories by Carrie Lappinen in it. All right. Otherwise, issue 10 to 11, three good stories and a good cover. And in 10 to 11, that had three stories, which was Beneath the Streets of Paris by Peter Anderson, part of the Bella Epoch series. Uh, Marked for Life, which was a short story by Jimmy Wallen and Anna Weverly, and also had the two Rack and Ruin at Grave Lines by Tony DePaul and Mike Manley. So that had like, it was a double story, uh, three stories of the Phantom all in colour. And what about the best uh, overall best Indian story published? Well, I feel like I've lucked out here because the Indians uh, pretty much only publish Lee Fork and Cy Barry. So... Um... <laughs> Um, Unkit and Swish have uh, nominated their best Indian stories published this year. Um, Unkit has gone with the drummer of Timpani. And um, look, I can understand why it's a classic story. And Unkit has put a sensational cover on the front of it. That was Regal 31, as discussed earlier. And Swish has um, opted for The Fence, which again, um, Lee Falk and Cy Barry, great story there. I can understand why they have nominated those ones. Um, that's their best stories, but... Um, what were the best issues, Jim? Um, well, Ankit's gone Regal 31, which was the drummer of Tapini. Suaz has gone 31, 30. The Muthu hardcover book, uh, which is by another Indian uh, publisher, which he's done a review of both of those, uh, which is quite thick and it's nice hardcover. So Regal 31, uh, we've made mention of drummer of Tapini. It was some of our favourite covers and all that. That was a black and white daily story that was coloured by Ivan. And back in 2022 or 23, uh, the Ivan's colours were actually also published in a free comic. So we see the same same edited version also published in Regal 31 as well. So obviously it was a fairly popular choice from our buddies over in India. Now going over to Germany, and we have Christian's overall German best story, and he's gone for Oribu, which is a 1989 Team Phantom Man story written by Norman Worker with art by Jorn Yves Mitton. Right, and he chose for his best German issue, Dan? Yeah, well, unsurprisingly, he's gone with the uh, the Mitten Collection book, the Das Phantom. Yes, got the best free issue. So, Stephen, what's yours? Just looking across, I reckon everyone might have this one. But the 75th anniversary, you can't go past it. Um, I think it speaks for itself. What were some of the others that you had? The others I had were 1942. Oh, the flooded city, that's right. It had painted black by Paul Mason in it as well. Ah, uh, yes, that'd be the reason why it was in there, particularly for one certain frame. Oh, yeah, and, it's um, got us in it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and issue 1960, the Christmas issue, with um, mm. all the newspaper stories. 
Dan, anything different? No, look, oh, well, slightly different, I suppose, but I've gone Captain Predictable. Um, <laughs> not issue 1952, the 75th anniversary special, it was an absolute stunner. Um, it's probably one of the best issues that Fru's put out in the last several years, not just this year. Um, 1960, the Christmas special, the collection of all of the dailies and the Sundays, um, and together with the Jeff Weigel cover, I thought that was a sensation. Um, and I've also gone with the the annual special, which most years would be the favourite to go with, uh, to go number one, but it's my third this year, issue 1936. Really liked the Graham Nolan collection. It might have edged out the Christmas special if it had a Graham Nolan cover as well. Um, that would be the only thing I'd say about that. But yeah, those so- were my top three. It'll be interesting what how the 2024 annual will go, which is another, which is the second part of the Graham Nolan collection, sure, whether that is. does have a uh, Graham Nolan cover or not. Now, every yeah, single one. one of us has chosen a 75th anniversary special. So I'm not going to make mention of the 75th anniversary issue for all the others because they've all chosen it, including me. However, the other issues that they have chosen, so uh, so Mikel and Anchor have just chosen that. Duncan's also chosen 960, which is the Christmas issue, and 1943, which is one of the 22nd Phantom stories. That's specifically Showdown at Paradise Hotel, um, backed up by we got to get out of this place, so another Phantom in Nam story. I've also gone... 1935, which is the Pirates of the Abbey one, which I believe from memory, one of the reasons why I chose that is because it was in full colour. I really enjoyed the story. I thought it was a great way to kind of start the year as well. So that was why I kind of chose that one. I had the backup Hello, the Himalaya is a daily story as well. Yeah, yep. And it also had a great cover as well. And then I chose Giant Size 26, which was an annual special. Now, Suaz also chose that. Uh, and then the other one that he chose was 1947, which was the tea special, which was the kind of like the supernova special, which was in color again, which had the tea story. And again, I think that was also in color. Uh, yes, it was full color. It was 68 issues, had the Antonio Lemus cover, and it had the sequel stories in there. Um, and Chris has gone, of course, the 75th anniversary. Then he's also chosen the Christmas special. For him, he's really enjoying the Moses Chronicles series. Um, and then he's got 1959. Might be sound random for a lot of people, but it's not more for the content, but it's more because it kind of marked the return for him reading the Phantom regularly. So because of some things in his life, including the Bundaberg Fair, this issue, he's kind of gone full Phantom nerd ever since that issue. So that issue is very special to him, so it's kind of great to hear. Now, Steve, do you want to give us the best result, or the results from the fans on the best free issue? Okay, so did we differ from what you said, the public? Well, let's find out. Coming in number seven was issue number 1942, The Flooded City by Klaus Bermurthy and Janice Auden, as well as Painted Black by Paul Mason. Coming in at number six was issue number 1935, Pirates of the Abbey by Pide Anderson and Giancarlo Caracuzzo and Hello, the Himalayas by... That, that has to be Tony DePaul, doesn't it? 
Number five is issue number 1943, Showdown at the Paradise Hotel, once again from the 22nd Phantom Saga by Klaus Murphy and Dennis Auden. And we've got to get out of this place by Paul Mason. Issue number 1941 came in in fourth position, and that has In the Claws of the Vultures by Klaus Murphy and Dennis Auden. And Crippled Jake by, oh, that was a Shane Foley story. I remember that one. That was, yeah, quite an enjoyable little run. Um, coming in at third position, we have the 2023 annual, the, the Graham Nolan special, which we uh, mentioned earlier, and which is coming, the 2024 annual will be coming up very shortly, we hope, and we look forward to seeing um, more Graham Nolan uh, work there. Coming in number two, is the 1960s issue number 1960 the Christmas special and no surprise with almost half of the votes going towards issue number 1952 the 75th I was about to say 75th wedding anniversary no the 75th anniversary special put out by Brew mm. so uh well done there uh Klaus and and um and Paul get a few uh, issues in there which is great to see um, but I don't think there's any surprise about the 75th anniversary taking out top spot. It'd be a problem if it didn't. Probably the only surprise there is that um, it only got 50% of the vote. Like, I'm I'm a little surprised that half of the people who responded to the survey did not have it in it in their top three. Yeah, no, that's a good point. Um, the other thing that kind of interests me is the Christmas special got more votes than the annual special. Yes, Mm. It could um, be because it's fresher in people's minds, maybe. Yeah, recency yeah, bias. It's definitely fresher in mine. Yeah. yeah. Other thing that's kind of interesting is the other the the, the regular issues, in a sense, you know, not including the annual mm. anniversary and the Christmas, is the twenty second saga stories. And I wonder if that's because it's got the twenty second saga stories, but then it's also got Australian um, who did the covers as well. Uh, you know, you've kind of got Alex Tripp, you got Grange, kind of got those modern artists as well. So, um, yeah. So I think I think there's a bit of a combination on why they have received probably higher than some of the other regular issues. Mm. Okay, we're moving on to merchandise, and Dan, you're going to lead us in that. Yeah, look, there's been a surprising amount of, um, you know, over the over the years, we haven't always had a lot of new merch to talk about with regard to the fandom. But when you start looking at the list of what was available, there's there was quite a bit. So um, I think looking across what everyone's chosen, we've covered most of the things. Um, Steve, what did you have as your favourite fandom merch, either to collect or wish to collect um, this year? <laughs> Um, so I went with things that I that I did collect, the things I got, or that I will soon get. So uh, the Boss Fight Studio Wave 2, I don't have yet, but I expect to get that very, very soon. Um, so that one's on my list. The Power Stars figure, I've picked that one up as well. And the mug, the face-shaped mug. I forgot about that, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I went for things that, that I have or that I'll soon have. But you'll notice that what I didn't put on there was those blasted minifigs. I only got one of them, and he looks cool. <laughs> But I'm not putting in there because I had to go through four or five bloody Flash Gordon figures to get in, and I don't think it was worth it. I've put an unlicensed item in there, which is the Elasto with um, uh, little army men, purely because as a kid, and I'm sure most of the people in their 30s, 40s, or 50s, or maybe even older, probably had the little army men and little cowboys and Indians, and there was a phantom with a, like a little jungle set. 
And it's like on one of my bucket lists is like an item that I have not purchased yet, but I want to purchase is on card the Phantom with some little jungle animals and jungle and like little army men. And I've never been able to pick that up or buy it. So to be able to get the Elasto Whip version is kind of like a bit of a, you know, a short-term solution for that 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 item that I've never been able to pick up. Apart from that, you got Wave 2.0 from the Boss Fight Studio. I like the fact that the, the Sing Pirate can be duplicated into two different types of people. Now, for those who are wondering how to do that, on our review, which will be out by the time this is live, I actually, in the review, show you how to dismantle the bad guy and reapply him so it looks like he's done a... Um, so you can kind of have both versions. So I've done that in the review because I did not know how to do it and I was afraid of breaking it um, until uh, Eric from Boss Fights told me how to do it. So I have done it and I've showed you how to do it on the video. Now, the other one was the beer. Now, I don't drink beer. I have not been able to get a... The the, Finland. From, from Finland. I don't drink beer. I have not been able to get empty cans. I do have the beer labels as kind of stickers before they went on the can. So I have been able to do that. The amount of people that went crazy for this, and I've seen empty cans, no jokes, empty cans, which you get 10 cents when you cash them in at a, you know in Australia. And empty cans have been going for like 20, 30, 40 bucks. <laughs> but, uh, excited fans about these these beer and i just think it was it it got a lot of excitement so i think that's always a good thing um and then the other thing is a little key rings as well now i was a little bit annoyed that my kids liked them and wanted them to go on their school bags but i do i do like them yeah i'd, I'd love to get a, a hold of those key rings haven't been able to do so yet um in terms of my favorites um i've gone with the iron studios figure um, I really love this guy. He's probably my favourite pickup of this year. Just to, the Iron Studios do a really good job, and um, it's a it's a little ten inch figure. It's not as big as some of the other things that will sit up on the shelf. But gee, the detail's good. Um, the colour. I know there's some clump, some complaints about the colour, about it being looking a little dirty or whatever. But gee, I think. Um, if you're the fan of getting around in the jungle, you're going to get a bit dirty from time to time. I, I just think that that's really well put together. Um, the other one that I've said, and this surprises me. I know Steve has deliberately said he's not doing that, but the blind bag boss fight <laughs> minifigures, I've said that I do not like those. I've only got them now on my list because I've been able to get the entire set. <laughs> and uh, they're over in the display. I'm not going to get those out and, and show them you here because um, – um, Here you go, this- Steve. Here, this is this is what just so Steve, because I know you've never <laughs> seen it. This is what the devil looks like. <laughs> this is what the purple phantom looks like. Uh, here's Diana. You've got a Diana, don't you? No, I don't have a. Diana. Oh, you don't have a Diana. What about a Mister Walker? Do you have a Mister? No, Walker? I don't have a Mister. Oh, Walker. you don't have a Mister Walker. What about a blue phantom? Do you have yeah, a blue I got phantom? The, I've got the blue one. Yeah. <laughs> so that's what they look like. <laughs> yeah. um, Can you hear this? <laughs> I'll turn it up for you. <laughs> my my third thing is going to be the Malin diary, and particularly the print. I think the the Jeff Weigel print that came with the diary um, is a is a great little 
Uh, it's not cheap, but uh, it looks great on the wall as well. Um, I must say, though, I had forgotten the mug, and I will reach back and, and grab that. It's just on the shelf. I can't believe I forgot this one. I'll have to put a milk in that later and have a drink of that one too. That, so this is my honourable mention um, for, for this year as well. Um, in terms of, of what the other guys uh, around the traps, traps have said, uh, Mikel has said the boss fight minifigs, um, the defenders of the earth key rings and the beer. He's probably driven across the border and got some of that beer, I, I imagine. Uh, Ankit has said the, the Iron Studios uh, statue and the boss fight wave two. Duncan has said the Power Star figurine. I haven't... I, I, I haven't been able to track down a Power Stars figurine. I must must get that one. That's Duncan. We've said you can have three things, and Duncan's gone, no, that's my only one. So he clearly loves it. Swayze said the Power Stars figurine as well as the Iron Studio statue. Um, and Chris, he's got his, as his number one, he says, the Melon 2024 diary, surely. So big, passionate fan of Melon. So good on you. Good on you there, Chris. Uh, the much maligned, um, but the, but it comes up really well. Um, he's mentioned one that the others have, none of us have said here, the Perth Mint coloured coin, particularly the two-ounce coin and the figurine coin are gorgeous if you collect coins. Um, and the finished beer, why not? So a lot of, a lot of different fan of merch this year and, and nice to have some toys to play with. This year, with whether it, whether it's the the boss fight wave two, it's the blind bag stuff, it's the minifigs, it's the power starts figurine, um, more toys I think to play with this year than we've seen for a long, long time. The key rings as well. So best crackle chamber moment. Okay, so now we're doing a little bit more of this is where we have a little bit of self indulgement. I've gone. For me, the best crackle chamber moment was breaking the moonstone and the phantom game news. We were kind of working behind the scenes. We kind of knew about this. Like with Moonstone, we kind of knew that it was going to happen for a little while before and we were kind of working the story and, you know, and then with the fan game and all that, we actually talked about this in last year's review of 2022 and we said, you know, beforehand, look, we can't talk about it. It was fun and it was a huge honour that they trusted us with that. Um, in talking to the other fans from around the world, our other contributors, uh, Mikkel was the Phantom Game. Uh, Ankit liked that there was um, a couple of videos with Cy Barry. He you know, loves what Cy Barry does with the Sket Studio um, and then the fact that there was some other stuff like with the Bundaberg uh, Gallery and there was a couple of other little videos with Cy Barry as well, so he loved that. Uh, Duncan... And I remember this bit during the sketch session yeah. is how Cy Barry just, you know, started talking about this guy called Tony Bennett. Now, Stephen, I'm assuming you know who a Tony Bennett yeah, is. Tony There's really Bennett. only yeah. one Tony I've Bennett. Only just, I've only just read the thing and I had a bit of a chuckle. said, oh, did he? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So Cy Barry actually went to school with Tony Bennett. So finishing going around the ground, Suez said the Phantom Game and Moonstone News he, he loved. Uh, and then also the sketch session with Cy Barry and other artists. Now, while we're talking about the sketch sessions, if there are fans out there that liked it and would like to see another one for 2024, please let us know. Because, look, if no one's interested, we're not going to do it. But if you would like to see another one, let us know. Chris, again, self-indulgent like the rest of us. Uh, getting his first article published on Chronicle Chamber was a delight and a highlight for him. And, of course, he gave us a written review for the Bundaberg um, Art Gallery as well. Uh, Stephen, what was your highlight? Absolutely, the, the, the Phantom video game. I am mm. pumped about that. I cannot wait for that to hit the shelves or to hit my console. Really, really looking forward to that. And I'm looking forward to 
this year with the, the Comic Con ap- appearances that he's going to be making, and uh, and um, and Matt as well. Yeah, and um, yeah, and and hopefully getting to to play a demo of it very soon at the um at the cons. Yeah, I think the cons is going to be a good one, especially like in Australia. Hopefully they'll if they're doing panels. Hopefully they'll be at nicer times rather than the Sydney one, which was you know at a horrible time. A lot of people missed it because they were still in lines. Um, so you know, getting out, getting back in the you know conventions and all that as well. So you know, hopefully they do some stuff with Fru and Phantom Men and Moonstone and um, yeah, really make a big splash out of it. So, oh look, for me, it's the 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 chats that we are lucky enough to have with the various creators of um of, of Phantom stuff, and um, particular shout outs to Tony DePaul. To Ash Tabernickles behind the, the 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 guy behind the Phantom game, um, to Mike Bullock, um, Peter Anderson, I'd say as well. Like a lot of it is conversations that we have via email or messenger or whatever that's behind the scenes that never gets published or or, or you know. But it all it all adds up. And and gee, if I think you know, and I think particularly about Tony DePaul, if if I was to go back to the nineteen nineties to to my young Phantom fan self. To think that I might be able to have those conversations with the Lee Fork equivalent um, at the time—that that's mind blowing. Um, so it, it's where I'm—I feel absolutely blessed and spoiled that uh, that we might be in written communication or, or verbal conversations with these guys, whether they're published or unpublished or whatever. It's uh, it's just an absolute thrill and and something I'm constantly grateful um, that the Chronicle Chamber Chamber platform provides for us. I always have to pinch myself about that, yeah. um, Dan. And I've, I just caught up on on emails today. It's just extraordinary the stuff that, um, yeah, that we get to communicate with Tony about. It's great. Yeah, and now look, we know that was very self indulgent. Um, please, we've, <laughs> we've 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 talked for two hours. Give us ten minutes. That's all we ask for, guys. Um, but we finished that, so now we're moving on. No more self indulgent for the rest of this podcast, Steve. <laughs> the whole three minutes left. Um, so next up, we have the overall reflection on 2023. Um, so this is through worldwide publishers in general. Uh, for myself, through continues to publish a quality product. Um, they're not afraid to try new artists. You know, we've got constant um, uh, different uh, cover artists. Love the new merch that is coming out. This is not just through, this is around the world. Um, but still would like to see more but see this in more places. Anchor, the day that there were no colour trade paperbacks in English this year, hopefully that will change in 2024. Duncan has said, curious that there has been no narrative around the mysterious phantom production. I'm guessing that's the TV production. Uh, mm. Fascinating to see the increase in licences from around the world. Interested to see if fans from those countries are accessing chroniclechamber.com or expand. So the number one view is views and this is from social media uh youtube um websites and podcasts number one is australia number two just is usa and just behind usa and i'm talking about like about five percent would be india uh and then you've got sweden and then you've got germany which is very close to sweden as well so and then just behind germany you've got brazil so those countries are kind of like where a lot of our views are from views listens social media likes whatever you want to interactions so yes we're actually getting a lot and then if you look at places like india 
and Germany, they've increased a lot as well. Um, and like their comic publication has also increased. So, yes, we are seeing a, a trend, but I won't talk too much more. That's too much self-indulgent, and we said we weren't doing any more of that. <laughs> Uh, Sue says, uh, great to see Phantom getting more exposure this year with more publishers and all publishers coming back to publish the Phantom around the world. With the news of the game and a TV show being discussed, last year was a great time to be a fan. Jim, what's your big uh, reflection, overall reflection? Okay, so it's interesting that there's less reprint of the newspaper stories by Phantom Men and Fru and probably even other publishers. So, as I said before, I'm now 40, so I'm now old. I still love Lee Fork stories, but, you know, I wonder if there's a, a better way of producing them. Is it by putting them in colour, by digitally remastering the Sunday stories in colour? I'm not really sure what the answer is, but I think there is a place. I don't think you just publish every story because, let's face it, not every Lee Fork story is good. I think you need to be selective, and then I think you need to put them in a way where... For me, when I was young, you know, now I'm definitely sounding old, I enjoyed getting them like unedited, uncensored, produced how they were in newspaper stories by what Jim Shepard did. Now, I wonder if Frew, Phantom Men, can do similar as what Regal and Shaki are doing. Can they colour the black and white daily stories and give them a bit of a fresh lease in life? So for the newer fans or for the fans that are re-engaging, they can have the same enjoyment of rediscovering some of these newspaper stories, which, let's face it, there's a lot of classics there. The other thing which we've discussed as well, I, I love the fact that there was more merchandise, like figurines, toys, and the popularity of the NECA figurines as well, including the uh, Defenders of the Earth key rings and the Defenders of the Earth, NECA figurines. And all. I think Defenders of the Earth is also key as well. I think, you know, retro is kind of cool and these figurines could help that retro, especially with the cartoon series. Oh, look, I think my biggest takeaway from 2023 is Jim finally admitting that he's old. And uh, <laughs> I, I'm impressed that he's still combing the hair forward to cover up the ball patch that surely started. No ball to... patch there, mate. It's just grey. Just grey from having dawns. <laughs> uh, in all seriousness, I think that uh, 2023 will be remembered as the year that the game started to to take place. Yeah. Uh, the, this Phantom this console computer 2D beat-em-up game that we've been talking about. I'm with you, Steve. I'm so excited about that. Not not so much because I'm not a gamer. I will play the game. I can't wait to, to play it. I can't wait for my son to play it and play it with him and all the rest of it. But I think it's got the opportunity to really revolutionise and and, and, and give the fandom a big kickstart across a, a wider fan base. Some of the stuff we've heard on and off the record from Ash about how um, his ideas and the way that they've put it together have been received by King Features and some of the things that that they want to do with it um really exciting um hopefully that transpires um i'm with well i'm with duncan there on on gee that that big question mark over what's happening with this tv slash film slash network slash streaming series that may or may not be you know we've got one obscure sentence on a, a king features website i want to see what's going on with that um, my other reflections would be through, I just think, I, I know they've produced fewer books this year, but the way that they 
uh, it's along the lines of what Jerm was saying before about Glenn Ford starting to step forward as a as a prominent fandom person. The the stories that are being commissioned, the fact that they're being picked up and printed in in Phantom and and, and in increasing numbers um, being picked up and printed over overseas and by the other uh, companies and um, the opportunities that um, Fru are giving to new creators, I think that. Um, is just going from strength to strength. More stories we've seen. We know that they've got stories in the bag, so I just love that the fact that they're doing that, and I hope that they continue to do that and really value what they're doing there. Um, and then I guess the other one, Germ, you've, you've alluded to it as well, is the uh, the the extra merch, the more, and, and I said it before, the fact that there's more toys, there's more things to play with, there's more things to put on shelves and, and, and collect. And I just hope that, and I guess it comes back to the TV possibilities and um, the animated series that you alluded to there as well. Hopefully it starts to resonate with the younger fan base and isn't just produced for collectors, um, but is also produced for, for kids to play with. So yeah, I, I think we we're headed in a positive direction, and we just need to keep mm. tracking that one. But Chris, he said, Fru looked good in 2023. A few trials and a few errors, but overall, Fru Phantom is going from strength to strength. Worldwide, we are seeing a number of publishers introduce or reintroduce the Phantom, so it's just a matter of time before the audience and the Phantom are connected. That's exciting. So, what will be the big news of 2024, Dan? You're going to lead us in this section. I, I just I hope we get a bit a bit of detail about this TV series. That's mm. that's my hope for twenty twenty four. Um, whether it's a, whether it's a film, whether it's a TV series, is it animated? Is it on a streaming platform? Uh, I just hope we get a bit more detail. And I'd love to think that we were going to see something that we are, is going to appear on our screens in twenty twenty five. That that might be overly ambitious. Maybe twenty twenty six is, but more detail is, is what I'm hoping for in twenty twenty four. Well, apparently the recent strike has finished. So yes. hopefully over in Hollywood. So now. hopefully, yeah, that might. I'm the same. You know, a better announcement of the TV show. Um, and I like, I like something to be done with the Defenders of the Earth license, whether it's the TV show reappearing somewhere, you know, on a streaming platform or extended, whether it's someone picks up, a, you know, the storyline and does a comic book series from it or, that's the two big things we're going to see is Defenders of the Earth license or, you know, something to do with the Defenders of the Earth show. Now, so I want to, I'm going to go a third one. And the third one will be we're going to see a mini popularity rise in the USA with the Moonstone comic book series mm-hmm. and the video game release as well. Now, we did say no more self-indulgence, but... I did notice that Dan skipped over this. Part yeah, yeah, yeah. I noticed Dan <laughs> skipped over this as well. Oh, sorry, right? I thought this was orange. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So last year, I'll say it about myself, saying no one else will. Um, last <laughs> I year, was gonna I did <laughs> predict the future by saying that we would get news on a TV show and a USA publisher getting the license. So I did say that, that that was going to be the news of my prediction for 2023, and I was correct. So, look, no, it's probably uh, the only time I'm ever going to be right predicting something in the future, but, you know, so we just had to quickly uh, make mention of that. Full credit to you for that, because that was outstanding um, soothsaying, your old man Moz-like <laughs> in your <laughs> telling there. I will just say that your current announce, your current predictions are, I want better announcement about the TV show. 
which you said last year, and that maybe <laughs> Moonstone will have a, a rise in popularity. So you, you, you're not really doubling down too hard. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that's true. Steve, what's your uh, what's your hope for the big news of 2024? Well, I think this is the same as I did last year, um, that there'll be a new T-shirt line which is available in Australia or clothing line that'll be, you know, which is readily available in Australia. I would love to see that. Um, and secondly, that the Phantom video game is popular with gamers as well as fans. Mm. Um, I'd love to see that. Duncan has been a lot more specific than any of us are prepared to be. He's always specific. (laughs) Duncan reckons that there's going to be an animated Defender of the Earth series that's going to be soon released on Hulu, specifically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that, how he's specifically said which which streaming platform it's going to be released on. I don't think I've ever even heard of Hulu, so I've got some (laughs) Googling to do after the podcast. Um, The other thing I'm going to Google is who the hell is Alan Richardson, or Alan I googled that one. He's Reacher. He's Reacher. Right. Um, sorry, Alan Richardson. Richardson, the Reacher. Germ will have a picture of him on the YouTube channel, I'm sure. Um, is going to be announced in talks to play the Phantom in a live action movie from Paramount. So he's super specific, Duncan. I love. He's just. Um, and you may need to put the explicit symbol on this. I love that he's just prepared to put his balls on the line and say, "Right, this is what's going to happen <laughs> <laughs> as um, we go forward into 2024." Yeah. Alan was also the bad guy in um, the latest Fast and Furious movie as well. Right. Okay. I'll have to go and watch that one as well. Uh, Shoots down a plane with a rocket launcher. Right. Okay. Phantom could do that, surely. Um, Swayze has said he's not really a prediction, but yeah, hopefully more TV show stuff. Hopefully the creative team is announced as well as casting. He's also said Alan Richardson would be perfect for the role, agreeing with Duncan there. Uh, Ankit would love to see some more licensed figures. That's his hope for 2024. And uh, Chris is saying he'd love to see more general growth and expansion for the Phantom in terms of the ways that he's presented. Uh, his best guess is that he'll see we'll see some larger and some color formats and some longer stories like trade paperbacks. Um, he reckons the Heart of Darkness story would be ideal for launching the fate the Phantom trade paperback. Chris, I can't wait to talk to you on a podcast because I think you're wrong. No one likes The Heart of Darkness. No one wants to see it as a trade paperback. That's a ridiculous idea. But no, you're entitled to it. Geez, I think you might be in the minority there, Dan. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, I reckon it would be great. Um, So Team Phantom Man did that as their first one, and that sold out. Yeah, well, I didn't buy one. Um, <laughs> he'd also like to see Chris would also like to see some Italian stories translated for the first time and he'd also love to see the Phantoms World series revived um, understanding that it's hard for the publisher when the story is already available in English um, so nice. yeah look if, if if half of all of those um, predictions come to pass I think we'll have a brilliant 2024 for the Phantom mm-hmm. Thank you, everyone who uh, contributed. Uh, we have uh, Mikel, uh, Christian, Mikel. I said Mikel twice, so thank you twice, Mikel. Uh, Duncan, Suarez, Ankit, and also uh, Chris as well for your input. Made it a little bit longer, which I think it's good to kind of get uh, a bit of a range of everyone's views. So thank you for that. We're going to have five prize draws. And uh, the first two names to come out will be um, sent a Fru Crew badge um, so that they'll uh, they'll get that. And then uh, the next three will get some, some Chronicle Chamber merch. So there'll be five prizes. 
and um, we'll um, we'll get that sent out to you as soon as we possibly can. So you can see that we've got all of the names of the people who voted um, for uh, in in the the draw here. So let's click to spin. Let's see how we go. Our first winner, and this is a Fru Crew badge. Harry P, no, Hugo. Oh, just at the post. Just ticked over there. So we'll remove Hugo from the list. We'll spin again. Who's going to get the other Fru Crew badge here? Do love seeing Granger's logo spin round and round. <laughs> Mike. Mike, I'm sure, has the last name. He absolutely has an address. So congratulations, Mike. You've got a Fruit Crew badge coming your way. We'll get you out of here because you've won the merch. You've won the crap, the badge. You can't get the Chronicle Chamber merch. Um, so we've got three lucky winners coming. The next three people will all get Chronicle Chamber merchandise spinning around. Jeremy's voted it for himself. Maybe that's how he won the uh, best cover. No, Joshua. We've ticked over to Joshua. Again, not sure of Joshua's last name. Uh, remove you from there. Next uh, merchandise winner, bit of Chronicle Chamber merch coming your way. Joshua, congratulations. Thank you for voting. Um, who have we got coming up next? Abby, is that your wife, Jim? No. Adrian, Adrian Wade. Congratulations, Adrian Wade. Thank you for voting. We'll get you out of there because uh, you don't want to win two lots of Chronicle Chamber merch. Well, you probably do, but you're not going to um, because uh, <laughs> you're out of the vote. You've got something coming your way. Congratulations, Adrian. And our final winner is uh, what do we got here? It's going to be a Peter. Peter McGlynn. All right. Congratulations, Peter McGlynn. Thank you very much, everyone, for being involved. And um, that, that's the, the the prize draw, June. No worries. Thank you for that. Uh, thank you for those, uh, everyone who voted. Um, for those five people, uh, you will be getting emails, stuff sent out to you. So thank you for your votes. Um, just so you are aware, the results do go to through, not the names and who's voted and all that and what who's who has voted for what but they do use the data to be able to identify which artists are popular by and creators and, and, and stories. So they do use the data. So thank you for that. Now, I hope you listeners enjoyed the podcast. A little bit over two hours, uh, but not too much. Uh, we went through a lot. Uh, mm. If you want to kind of go over what we talked about, we will in our show notes, as discussed before, we will have a list of everything we've kind of gone over as well. If you want to find that, our website is chroniclechamber.com. If you want to email us or get in touch with us, you can either do that via our email address, which is chroniclechamber at gmail.com, or you can find us on social media, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. If you like us, you probably use Fandom Wiki for your research or to hunt down that comic, whether it's from a fruit or Australia or elsewhere. So you can help out them by donating funds for their yearly fee for hosting, which will be due to, uh, to be coming out soon. If you want to do that, go to fandomwiki.org for more information. If you like what we do, you can also support us on Patreon as well. You can subscribe to us via YouTube or through your favourite podcast apps, including iTunes or Spotify. Tag us, say hello, give us a thumbs up, give us a rating, support us on Patreon. Thank you. Happy Fantasy. Happy, Happy Fantasy one and all. Happy New Year.